Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get in, loser. We're playing eSports. Back to another episode of Get In Loser, where playing esports, the layman's esports podcast. Live from Northwest Ohio, my name is Shaggy Matt Colbreth. Live from Austin, Texas, that's Will Harrison. Will, how are you? Good news. We can officially reset the X number of days since a mass firing in the video games industry sign. Hey. We did it, everybody. <laughs> We've done it. We, we did, did it. it. We did it, Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> We will talk about uh, the confluence of Overwatch League Season 2 starting this weekend and Blizzard Activision laying off literally about 800 people just a couple of days before that launches and how that real feels all kinds of nice and warm and fuzzy. Nothing um, gets your community jazzed like firing 800 people. Yeah. The majority of them who were involved in the marketing and uh, communications of said game. Yep. It really, really gets people pumped. I'm excited. A celebration of video games right after a whole bunch of people just got lobbed right out of the community. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun one, folks. This is going to be a happy podcast. It's like what I said back when the Heroes of the Storm stuff happened. Like, they'll come for for the other games eventually. It's just time. Like, yeah. No, and, and and yeah, we've we've got more on that one, more to follow. But first, wanted to hit a couple of headlines. Uh, first things first, we kind of talked about it last week. Apex Legends has been an absolute force of nature since it launched last week. Remember Monday, as it, the news leaked over the weekend, they announced and launched on Monday, and it has not let go of the top spot on Twitch since. It's been number one with the bullets out pacing uh, the likes of Fortnite and league pretty much the entire time and and sometimes by exponential numbers i mean literally twice the viewership of Fortnite. which uh if you ask somebody you know a couple months ago uh, if that would, they would they wouldn't think anything was going to be taken off the uh table anytime soon i mean orgs are already starting to sign players there's already tournaments i know twitch is doing this uh what is it, the Twitch uh, Rivals series uh, this week and next week. And it has really captured the uh, imagination of the whole Battle Royale arena. I'm not going to discount what Apex Legends is doing because it, it in many ways, has single-handedly uh, not only turned EA around financially, but also kind of helped them save face from years of horrible decisions and numerous canceled Star Wars games. So in that way, <laughs> you really got to hand it to Apex. You know, rip. Never going to get my TIE Fighter remake. No. Um, <laughs> but on the other end, like this really highlights the the fickle nature of Twitch and how Twitch is like, and as much as it pains me to say this as a print and online journalist who like makes fun of capital I influencers, like it really highlights um, just how important 
like the Twitch number is and how easily it can come and go. Like we were just saying earlier, it's like PUBG is is been slowly disappearing off the boards and now Fortnite's probably looking around being like, oh, um, wait, is it no, is it my turn? Like it's <laughs> Like, and this is just how it goes. This is what happens when streamers are looking for that next, you know, big thing before everybody else. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the pre-release shenanigans and influencers leaking information about the game while journalists were held on an embargo and everybody kind of trying to scramble to be prepared for that because inevitably the streamer, the streamers were going to leak Apex and they did shock of shocks. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of just amazing to watch this cyclical thing happen. And now I really look forward to seeing what's going to happen. If, if Apex's numbers are going to stay up like 400 K is just not sustainable, but I look no. forward to seeing where it's going to go. But it's still, it's still like maintaining, if not growing it, that. And that's, and that's the, that, that's one, one really interesting, like, what was the one that was realm royale you know that came out a few months ago and, and it popped mm-hmm. for a moment and people were playing it and people were having fun but eventually they all kind of ended up falling back into Fortnite. but same know, thing late... for paladins and a couple of the other games that yeah kind of it's... spun around but i think what kind of happened is there's there this very interesting confluence of a apex it was very, very polished when it released. It wasn't buggy. It wasn't beta. It was very well put together, very cinematic. A lot, yeah. It's a lot, I don't want to say more serious, but it's less cartoony than Fortnite is. So it kind of has a little bit more of a, you don't feel so like bad about yourself as you're playing it. Um, and the people who've been playing Fortnite for quite a while as their major main game have had a lot of complaints lately about some of the things they've been dropping in there. We've talked about it multiple times on this show, things like the boombox dropping just before a big tournament or uh, right. the, uh, the implementation of the planes and how they can fly through buildings. There's been enough things kind of crufting around Fortnite that epic hasn't felt the need to address because they were top of the the uh the chain Mm -hmm. that something was able to come along was good enough polished enough had all the little things that people have been wishing had been showing up uh in brs for a while that it was really it was really just the right time for them to drop that and really eat Fortnite's lunch now we've seen epic i think this past week say Okay, well we're we're going to we're going to implement these things. All you guys have talked about, you know, we're, the planes aren't going to fly through buildings anymore, and we're going to right. Suddenly, these. they really cared yeah. about like balance and listening to the community. As another team came out with a product that seems very much designed to be like, hey, what if we made Fortnite but without without the random BS and with a more competitive edge to it? Yeah, it and it seems it feels like this you know really could have the staying power to uh you know dethrone Fortnite, sure um and i think we kind of talked about it last week too i mean the more i've played it the more i can see there's more of a possibility for an esports angle there i mean squads of three 60 people a game that's 20 teams that's followable i think there's more things that are built into it with an eye towards competitiveness towards um the little quality of life things that people wish that they had gotten in something like Fortnite or something like PUBG things that are are going to 
as, as long as they don't screw it up and you know we are still talking about ea here so there's a lot of things that can right. go wrong there's plenty but of things it, that can happen still yeah fortnite's biggest strength was that it was always changing it wasn't static and that's kind of what happened with PUBG. so but i think in the name of change they started changing too much they started mm-hmm. screwing with things to the point where they got team fortress too iced you know to the point where like it doesn't even look like the same game anymore and and mm-hmm. i think people were ready for something to come in and offer something new i think uh, apex landed it I'm, I'm i'll be interested to see how the the competitive side of it kind of builds out because i think it's possible um what it oh, yeah, looks like exactly i don't exactly know but i think it's possible because they've given themselves uh the restraints so that it could be something that is viewable no it's it, for me it feels like they said hey what if we lean more into the competitive nature of battle royale instead of trying to make it a social hub kind of thing um purely because it has the best things from PUBG, Fortnite, and Overwatch combined that really help its um its quality mm-hmm. of life. I, I think in the long run. No, no, um, I, I I I think I said as I was explaining this to people, I said, yeah, it's basically Overwatch had a baby with PUBG and dropped it off at Borderlands Daycare. No, yeah, I mean, and honestly, I think think it gets the idea of what battle royale should be better. Like in my head, battle royale shouldn't be about like a weird pseudo stealth like stress-based game what i like about apex is that it's focused on mid-range skirmishes and longevity like very rarely do you see anybody get boom 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 headshot you're out unless they're just completely unprepared like the addition of abilities and abilities that counteract other characters is a really smart way of keeping uh, games fresh and and keeping things interesting it's it's I've already seen now, like it's a way more interesting game to view as a spectator. I've been mm-hmm. watching Shroud play a little bit, which I find this amazing. Shroud has kind of taken the ninja route and, and just kind of made this game his own. Like he is Apex Legends at this point. Even other streamers, Ninja included, have tried to hop on and clearly it hasn't translated, which I think says something about Ninja's core audience and how young they are and how like Fortnite is a very different type of game and is going after a different battle royale audience than what Apex is going after. And that's really interesting. And you know what? I'm and there, there's not there's nothing saying that they, that can't exist. That the right, right. you know, I guess you would say maybe the 16 and under set could be like, yeah, you know, you have Fortnite, have your have your skins and your flossing and uh and your take the L dance and all that, but you know, the seventeen and older set are going to kind of be more over on on this side. I you know there's room for both. No, there's no reason that both can't be there because they're going after very different things, and I think that's cool. And clearly they've shown that the battle royale and like not even battle royale, shooters in general, there is enough room in the space for everybody. But you know what there may not be room for? The over the Call of Duty version of Overwatch League, and, and that's something that's that's coming up as we discuss uh, the situation with uh, uh, with Blizzard, what Activision, a, and what what a great day to send out a press release to announce all this positive news about your game, <sighs> and ignoring the you know the the eight hundred people. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch-ch-ch- 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fired. Yeah. No, it, it really, it, it kind of, it ties it's all fine. into that because, you know, Overwatch Season 2 launches this week. And there's there's no denying that Overwatch Season 1 was an unmitigated success. And I could see, you know, Blizzard Activision saying, let's let's take these same ideas and move it over to, you know, our other big game, Call of Duty. I can see their thinking but I don't see how it works. Overwatch has a different vibe about it. Overwatch has a different, because of its sci-fi sensibilities, it's relatively bloodless in its presentation. It has, it has this realm where everything can be very flashy and very you're, big. You're dancing around the real reason, and it's because the fan base of Overwatch is incredibly thirsty to bang their internet waifos or waifus <laughs> and, and daddies let's be honest you know we might as well t- let's talk about this now because i feel like this actually can be a separate thing like even from the blizzard activision horribleness aside i'll go ahead and read what i got earlier from my um brand communications officer through a press release about call of duty where they're going through some bullet points like hey our, our financial uh call is today and here's some high points com- we can expect from call of duty and at the bottom of it is a very like one sentence kind of burying the lead blase announcement of like the activision blizzard team will also build on their experience with the overwatch league to launch a professional city based call of duty league that drives franchise engagement and Man, there are so many problems with that because, one, we're talking about a game in Call of Duty that already isn't killing it in regards to Twitch viewership or in regards to the number of players that are playing it. I was just listening to to Giant Bombcast this past week, and Jeff Gersman, who plays a ton of Call of Duty, was talking about how the numbers are already dwindling in a way, like numbers of people actively playing the competitive version. We're not talking Mm -hmm. about blackout mode here. We're talking about regular, straight-up Call of Duty competitive and those numbers are already going down in ways that Overwatch never does. Like, I, Overwatch is just built for longevity in that way because it, I mean, if you want to be honest, because it is more in line with the Team Fortress 2 formula, which that itself lends itself more to a pick-up-and-play experience. But the idea that they can just take the Overwatch League city-based approach, which hasn't been fully fleshed out or fully realized yet, like that could still fail in Season 2 this year, as we could potentially talk about with um, Ash Parish next week, as we go over uh, opening weekend of Overwatch League, um, like things can still fall apart. So the fact that they're looking at this now for a franchise in Call of Duty that's kind of on the outs and doesn't have a great track record and doesn't really have the installed fan base, and also a, a fan base that is gender mixed. Like there are just as many female fans as there are male fans for Overwatch League, and that is important to remember here. Yeah, you're right in that there's a a bigger there's a bigger audience, there's a more diverse audience, and Call of Duty just kind of has has its own vibe to it. It has its own fan base. It's a brand that's been around for a while. I don't think you're going to get that kind of level of 
excitement, that level of hype, that level of engagement that they literally no. just put in that press release that, oh, yeah, no, we're just going to take the Overwatch League model and drop it on Call of Duty. I get it. Call of Duty is Activision's baby. And, you know, and it, it's not getting as much love as Blizzard's baby is. Um, and as Activision continues to swallow up Blizzard, they're just going to try to take everything that's, that's over there and move it to something else. But I don't know that it's going to work properly just because it's just a different beast can i tell you my secret like thought on the end game to this that people aren't going to want to hear yeah sure um i think in the next five years if not sooner sooner activision will completely eliminate the blizzard name and all those blizzard games will just become activision games i you know there's part of me that thinks i don't think they're even dumb enough to do that just because there, there there is a value in an umbrella brand. Even when Enix bought Square, they knew well enough not only to keep the name, but put their name first. You know, it became right. Square Enix, you know, or Squeenix if you want to be goofy about it. You know, they, they know well enough that when something has a particular brand on it, that that means something. You know, there's a reason why Atari Corporation went out of business literally decades ago. But... Yeah, still the around still... with the best cryptocurrency you can find. <laughs> the name keep the name keeps floating around because it's a name that has a, a particular place in people's memories. Now right. it hasn't done anything worthwhile in years, but um, it's still now, now, they made that hat with the speaker in it that has the Atari logo on. Oh it. yes, you can't they, say they haven't done anything. They, they did do that. All right, so I'm willing to give you that because you make some really solid points. But then I think about the ego of billionaires who think that they have the ability to drive and push these industries to feed their own whims. I think about Vince McMahon buying his direct competition, WCW, in 1999 and literally eating that company, buying the talent that he wanted, which wasn't very much, using the name as if it was like a hand puppet that he had rammed his own hand up and made it talk on TV for a couple of weeks and then quietly pushed the name out only to be danced, you know, brought out as a way of being like, look, old fans, look at this thing we have. Don't you remember it? So I, I, I definitely think you are not wrong and you were probably right because this is just my own conspiracy and I'm all hyped up on Mountain Dew over today's news and I'm ready to <laughs> yell at things and fuck Bobby Kocek. I don't need him in my life. He is one of the worst examples of what's wrong with the games industry and with capitalism in general, because we're going to go there too. So <laughs> maybe I, I'm just, I'm just looking for a fight tonight. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's not dance around it anymore. Um, again, just a couple of days before Overwatch League in season two starts at a big celebration of gaming, uh, Activision Blizzard uh, announced in their, uh, their, their earnings call today that, uh, they've they've had the best financial records uh, they've had in company history, but it just missed out on their expectations. And so a reduction in force of 8% uh, across the company, literally along lines of 700 to 800 people uh, losing their jobs today. Um, very black day, uh, not only uh, for the gaming world in general, but even in the esports e world in specifics, particularly because of the success of Overwatch League is part of the reason why they have this this big this big game that they've got this big number they've got and I understand that they're a little concerned about the future but I don't see how you can have this result and then say yeah but 
you know, we, we, we've, we've got to, we've, we've got to let you go. You know, Saul goes back to what I was talking about in our episode about here's the storm. Um, and I feel like I called it then that like, eventually they will come for the rest of you. And that's what happened here. But we've known about these cuts coming since November. So I can only imagine how a blizzard employee would feel in the case of this, they eliminated whole departments and wholesale. So we're talking, you know, three, four months of just waiting with this, you know, sort of Damocles hanging over you, waiting and waiting and waiting. Like there were reports today from Kotaku's Jason Schreier that employees were basically having like get together last goodbye powwows in the in the parking lots crying because they they knew today was the day but didn't know what had happened you know the people who weren't fired from these uh departments that are eliminated whole are being reassigned but they aren't being told when yet and then on top of all of that and this is the part that really gets to me um and if you didn't already know that i was a dues paying member of the democratic socialists of america you will be able to figure it out here in a couple minutes uh my favorite favorite quote from this piece by jason schreier on the earnings call activision blizzard ceo bobby kochek told investors that the company had quote unquote once again achieved record results in 2018 but that the company would be consolidating and restructuring because of missed expectations for 2018 and lowered expectations for 2019 in this case it was an overall revenue of their best year on record just a little bit over two billion but missing the three billion mark that investor expectations were told to expect and this right here covers the, the major problem we're facing in gaming, and it, it it shakes its way down through every facet, including something like esports, because we're just waiting for the moment where the amount of money these game publishers and developers can earn is outpaced by the amount of money that investors expect and demand to be given no matter what. Because this isn't a case of a company not quite making it and not being able to pay their bills. Activision Blizzard is the second biggest company in the world in regards to video games. Their games are, are heavily beloved and sell based on word of mouth alone. So what are we looking at whenever they fire 800 people? And that's not even to say that this is the last of it, because they don't have any major releases set for 2019. So if they expect to make up any of that based on you know sales of games that are a couple years old now at this point, or loot boxes, they're not going to get there. Like, this isn't the last we've talked about this. And it's like I said, back when here's the storm had their cuts, like it's, it's inevitable and it makes me angry and it makes me wish that the entire industry would unionize. But I don't know. It's, it makes it really hard to be a fan of anything <laughs> blizzard. And it's especially telling because Rachel and I were plan are planning on going to uh, a watch party for the opening of the Houston outlaw season this Friday. And it's real hard to get like pumped about a new season of Overwatch, which is kind of supposed to be a celebration of the community aspect of Blizzard that makes Blizzard great. And, you know, we're just gonna not going to talk about the, those people that were removed or the, the damage that has been done to all of these communities. So people from Overwatch were fired. Basically, all the departments from Here is the Storm were let go. Those are telling. And it tells me that I don't think we've seen the end of it. And and. And I don't know how I've I've heard some of the stories as this was ramping up, as this was coming up, that, well, there's a lot of departments that are simply duplicated in the company. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know, there's a lot of departments that, you know, you know, accounts receiving. Well, there's one for Blizzard and there's one for Activision. And they never, you know, I, I hate to say I can excuse it, but I can see the logic there. We're talking like wholesale cuts across the board of, uh, of like I said, whole departments, whole areas that are still things that are still around. You know, again, people from, you know, the Overwatch dev team were cut which is surprising and 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 shocking and i've worked in radio for 18 years i've made it through three or four major reductions in force um some closer than others and it it, it really it's it's hard to make it through that and then try to go on the air and act like everything's okay and at least when my company was doing it's because we were broke you know, Activision Blizzard just said, oh, yeah, no, we've made the most money ever. You know, I, I just got here a month ago and I got a big bonus to sign on to it. We're raising the uh, 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 the dividends to shareholders to nine, you know, nine percent. Uh, but we've got to cut like 800 people to do that. And that's where people are going to get really, really pissed off about it. Now, whether or not it actually reflects in viewership numbers or sales numbers that's yet to be seen as i said earlier the blizzard name is still a respected name and this is this is the thing where everybody's looking at the parent company everybody's looking at active watch and going what the fuck you know this is you know this is this is basically the level of hatred that you know ea gets back in the day when they used to you know buy out companies all the time then bastardize whatever games they put out because you know oh we could we could add a, well loot boxes weren't a thing then but dlc rip pop cap rip pop cap rip bullfrog every other studio they've eaten many their conquests are numerous it's going to be interesting to see how the internet reacts again just this week is as overwatch season two launches it can't really necessarily be a party well will the sadness eventually subside will Probably. I made this joke online, and when the Los Angeles Gladiators signed XQC to the Contenders team as a sub, it's that's that's a big heaving sigh of what the fuck are you doing? And it it's very reminiscent to just earlier this week in traditional sports with the Cleveland Browns signing Kareem Hunt, a guy who just back in December was let go of his team because he was filmed on video kicking a woman on the ground and lied about it afterwards. And 
you know, you wonder why, you, you know, the, the, the comment that I saw somebody saying, you know, there's literally hundreds of people out there who haven't kicked a woman that you could assign to your team. Why you got to sign that guy? And it's because he runs fast. You know, why is Activision got to fire 800 people? Because we can make them more money. It, it's it, it's the, a sad dejection that eventually rationalizes a way as, yeah, but I still kind of enjoy watching Overwatch League. You know, you just hit an interesting point, and let's go back to this for a second, because it would seem like a, ro- a tiny roster move in OWL wouldn't connect to this, but I think it does. So for anybody that hasn't been following, because this was literally just broke um, an hour before we recorded, along with the news that Shanghai has signed um, former Boston Uprising main tank uh, Gansu, which is a huge which, which move Which is good Shanghai. news, which is, which is a, that's an awesome move. Yeah, that's, yeah we'll, talk about, that, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. That's great news. That, but like in Full Metal Alchemist, the anime, there's equivalent of exchange, and and for every good thing, a bad thing must happen. Uh, we get news that the um, the Sentinels, which is the contenders team for the uh, LA Gladiators, have signed former menace to Overwatch League XQC, who we have talked about, was the first player outright removed from Overwatch League play in season one, a former main tank for the Dallas Fuel for um, homophobic and vitriolic language on and off um, away from his stream um, enough that they removed him completely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all knew he was going to get, he was going to come back eventually because almost immediately after being removed from the Dallas fuel, he started streaming on Twitch and has become somehow one of the most prevalent and most watched streamers on Twitch without playing Overwatch. And he really hasn't been playing Overwatch since then. So he's been signed as a substitute for Gladiators Legion, which means that he will be playing basically understudy um, for their other tank. And if that news isn't bad enough, because I have thoughts and feelings about this, like you said, it ties into the Kareem Hunt thing, though, as a a less egregious example but still bad because it sends a message to your fan base that you are okay with this in the name of wins and improving and winning at all costs i i come across a tweet from the um director of social media and community for the la gladiators and gladiators legion uh anna lynn who's also the manager of the usa overwatch world cup team saying, quote-unquote, contenders viewership will triple the moment XQC plays, unquote, which I feel misses the point of all of this, but also highlights that this is a problem we're talking about with EA here, or with Activision here, that the only thing that matters are gains. The only thing that matters is succeeding. It doesn't matter whose feelings are hurting or whose lives ruining or the fact that firing 800 people really in the long run only saved about $50 million. So what does it matter if we're not thinking about people's lives and people's feelings in all of this? And for some people, there's just no way to explain the rationale behind that because the only thing that does matter is winning. It's like when, when XQC was first removed and he had a large contingent of fans and fellow players who didn't see the point And we're trying to make a point of like, well, if you're the best then why shouldn't he play, it doesn't matter what he says. It matters what you do. That's not how the real world works. No, it isn't. Yeah, try saying that about your boss and see how it works out for you. It doesn't work out for you. It's no. it's it's depressing because because I think it's something that 
people used to be able to get away with. You know, if you want to go, you know, if you want to go back into, you know, even, you know, the, the, the late eighties and nineties, you know, if you were an asshole, you know, in your, in your workplace, you know, as long as he gets results, well, fine, I guess he, he's an asshole, but eventually you reach a point where even if you get results that nobody, nobody freaking wants them. You know, if this is a guy who said some, you know, again, it's really homophobic stuff and not necessarily shown a level of, remorse or growth you know a big discussion that's been coming out of the kareem hunt signing is people saying well don't people deserve second chances and yes but you know you 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 can you can make mistakes but you have to own up to the mistakes and you have to show some level of contrition right some level of love some level of sincerity at all donate some money to a to a women's shelter do do something that that shows that, look, I was wrong. I am sorry. I have learned. I am doing better. Here is how I'm doing better. Not, you know, it, it, you know at least at least Cream is saying, yeah, I was wrong. XQC has shown literally zero. L- literally none. And not only that, but he's capitalized off it yeah. by using that to form this weird personality that now draws 10,000, 15,000 viewers just for him, you know, bullshitting on Twitch. Like, he, not only has he not learned anything, but he has been rewarded by given this second chance that at, on the outset looks like it's the smallest, like, chance it will ever happen. But I guarantee you, by the end of the season, he will be playing for the mainline roster uh, Gladiators team. I'm calling it. It's going to happen because this is the thing that always happens. No, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And, and it's just, it's just going to feel gross. It's going to feel like you know, it already you know, is gross. That's again, the worst again, part of it. Again, you know, taking it to the traditional sports, it's going to feel like Patrick Kane. It's going to feel like a Vander Kane, you mm-hmm. know, two guys who were accused of sexual assault and managed to, you know, the story just kind of eventually went away and they're still playing on their NHL teams and still making a bunch of money. And, and even the fans of those teams are just kind of like, I don't, I don't, this is not great. I, yeah. Bringing it back around to participating and watching Overwatch League after the news of layoffs. You know, it feels gross and it doesn't feel, and that statement today, not only was there no remorse in, hey, we're going to have to let some people go. It was, it almost felt like it was an apology to the shareholders that, yeah, you know, I know we made a ton of money, but we didn't hit your goal. And so we apologize and this is what we're going to do to make it right. There, There's not a level of remorse for what you've done to literally 800 people. Well, especially when, when Kodak was just given a bonus not too long ago. And coming from a man who assuredly owns a gold toilet and or a yacht bigger than my apartment, they, it's really upsetting that the way they decided to voice this there were other ways to do this and sadly this is what happens when you have a cult of personality egotist at the top of your company they get to make the decisions on when they announce things and how they announce things so maybe there was an attempt to downplay this a little bit or be softer or find another way to do it but it's just it's you know we're at the start of 2019 and it's already gonna go down as probably the hottest mess of the year and that's saying something you know if you want something to compare it to the the very simple solution happened five years ago. You know, Nintendo right, re- yeah. releases the Wii U. It doesn't sell well. It fell it fell apart. It was a it was a it was a mess of a console that really didn't get the whole logic as to why 
the Wii sell, sold well initially in the first place and why they weren't able to build on that. Um, and uh, the Nintendo president, uh, Satoru Iwata, the late uh, Nintendo president, Satoru Iwata, uh, cut his pay in half. He said, look, this, this, this is a company problem. Eventually that happens with me. This is, this is, this is my contrition. This is my, this is my apology. This is how, this is how we, we, we show the shareholders that, look, I'm sorry, this is how we make it right without screwing the people who are actually the ones making the product. Um, it's, that, that's a strong move that that people could learn from but in, instead i mean the and the message is, is learned uh, the, or the lesson is learned again and again and again that you know you don't have to do that you know because eventually people will just like will forget about it and you can still make your ton of money and you know lay off better people and when the product quality starts uh starts going in the tank you just say oh well you know people don't play people don't like games anymore and then you know shut your company down walk off with your golden parachute and and then everybody else is left to, you know, work at McDonald's. That's, you know, well, you know, this was probably timed. Like we're probably talking about what, you know, how bad this timing is in reality. They probably timed this with the opening of Overwatch League on purpose, because what better way to counteract your bad, awful headline making news than having it be covered up by the weekend by all the outlets that should be talking about how awful it is and how it's going to affect them with news about Overwatch League launching. And isn't it great? Look, the season's back. Everybody get hyped. Yay. Uh, it's it is measured. And it really highlights the one of the biggest problems in the games industry, whether you're talking about development, whether you're talking about production, whether you're talking about marketing, is that far too many people are seen as expendable by the people on top. And until there is something changed about that, we're going to see keep seeing this happen. We, we just saw Telltale literally liquidate after being one of the most successful game developers and publishers of the last five years. And it's gone now. Like, it is just gone and what's that to say about for the rest of us? Like anybody else could be next and something has to be done about it. And I guess what, what eventually is going to happen is they're going to learn the lesson that the people who are making the product, who are the public faces or who are the people that, that, that they do matter. Again, if it's the one thing that, and this is probably talking way out of turn, but I'm going to do it anyways. If it's one thing that my current company learned eventually after, you know, after three or four big rifts is that, you know what? The people on the air matter. The people behind the scenes matter. You know, are there still cost cutting measures that have to go into effect sometimes? Yes. And it's a bummer, but it doesn't negate the fact that you can't cookie cutter everything and expect the people who expect the product to be this morph into something else that is not something that serves them anymore and still expect them to hang around. That's what these, these companies are going to learn is, you know, if you lose the people who are the heart and soul of Overwatch or Diablo or, or Hearthstone, you know, the, the, the people who have poured their heart and soul into these uh, properties and you say, yeah, but we can fire them and replace them with somebody who's 21 years old, just straight out of college and, and they can pick it up for the most part. You know, it, it, it doesn't work that way. Again, it's a it's a hard lesson to learn because there are still people's lives who literally get upended in this mix. But the optimist in me has to hope that eventually that worm turns and people understand, hey, no, wait, we actually need talented people in there because that talent is the reason why these products and why these brands are so damn beloved. 
until then, who's hyped for Overwatch League? Yay! I mean, I, I will say, and I, I was discussing this with some friends uh, earlier because I had a friend straight up ask me, like, hey, does this mean I shouldn't support Overwatch League? And it it goes back to a, a rant I had on Twitter earlier. With There was a Blizzard employee saying, like, no, the thing to do now is to support us more than ever because otherwise you're condemning the rest of us. At the end of the day, this is a consumer-driven business, and the consumers are not to be held accountable for the actions of billion-dollar companies. It is not their responsibility to keep things afloat. It is not their responsibility to stay loyal to brands with things they don't agree with. So in many ways, it's it's difficult because it's a lot like my feelings with professional wrestling. Professional wrestling, specifically WWE, has done some very gross things over the years. Uh, Vince McMahon is not only a gross human being, but his entire family is probably has a hand in the election of our president. But I still watch every week. I still give tons of money every week. And it's that dichotomy you struggle with because you have to be able to, I think, understand the complications and the bad parts of things while still loving them but being mindful of the critique and i think it's going to be like that for overwatch and for blizzard for people now because you know i still love overwatch league i still love the houston outlaws i'm I'm going to this watch party on friday i'm wearing a crap ton of lime green but it doesn't mean that i am turning a blind eye to what's going on with activision blizzard and i think that's a way a lot of people should be looking at it the notion that you know that people will people will vote with their feet or vote with their wallets that's not necessarily how it should work you know you know we we are more than feet and wallets but on the same note yeah eventually you and we've i've seen this with a lot of people particularly in regards to the nfl that you know, people handled up handled the bullshit up to a point. And and then a lot of people had their breaking point, whether it was trying to bury the concussion stuff or the domestic violence stuff or the Strumandrang surrounding uh, Colin Kaepernick. A lot of people kind of have hit their 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 bullshit level or to the point where it's like they watch right. it and they're just like, I'm I, they don't they don't enjoy it anymore. I I, I I've watched more of the Alliance of American football this past weekend than I think I watched of the NFL save the Super Bowl this mm-hmm. season. So if that kind of tells you anything about, you know, my, my feelings towards the league right now, you know, I'm still a football fan. I still follow college football, but I, I also, again, understand the gross bits around it about concussions and paying players and that kind of stuff. Eventually, if there's too much bullshit, people will start to bounce. People will start to feel too gross about it. You know, is is that is that the first level of gross for Overwatch League? Possibly. Are some people going to bounce? Possibly. Is the audience going to grow? Possibly. And I know that's a lot of possibilities. But I guess for all the thoughts of everybody really enjoying what season one was, you know, this is kind of a knock back in the direction of, of, oh yeah, we are in the real world. Oh yeah. Things get gross at times. Oh yeah. It's it's not necessarily fun. As long as the broadcasts are still fun to watch, you're still going to watch them. And as long as you enjoy them, that's fine. At the level that you don't enjoy them at the level where watching Overwatch League or Rocket League Championship Series or anything else, the NFL or the NBA, it reminds you too much of all the gross things. That will be your bullshit moment. And that will be the moment that you bounce. And that's that's fine. Right. If that's the moment that that thing stops sparking joy in you, then throw it in the trash can (laughs) 
<laughs> and get your own Netflix special, and that'll be that. Yeah, there you go. All right, I think we've kind of, kind of, kind of hit I'm, all the notes there. I'm yelled out. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 enough yelling. We'll go back to happy things next week when we have our resident semi guest host Ash Paris to talk the first weekend of Overwatch League, which should be interesting. So many stories abound, like. Will the Shanghai Dragons finally start the 2018 season of Overwatch League and get their first win? Who knows? It's all very exciting. Gamsu and Grigori are on the same team. It's it's going to yeah. happen. No, like, I, I, in many ways, this is the end of an era because I can no longer make jokes about Shanghai being bad because they would have to have the most incompetent management ever to fail with the the team that they now potentially have. Like... That's, this is one of those moves that takes them from like plucky contender in the back who needs to prove themselves to like they could possibly be looking at a playoff berth. Like I would not be surprised now, and that's crazy. And I think this is a moment that Overwatch League needed. Like they needed like a a big ass like draft player move, and this yeah. was it. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy. I mean, you know, Gamsu. You know, he was he was an all star last year for Boston. And now he's on Shanghai. As is a, that is a, uh, um, a, a big dick energy move by the Shanghai management to, you know, not, not only have they, you know, jettisoned their most of their roster from last year, but then to go out and go grab an all star. Lol, two days before the season starts, you know, no big. It's gonna make that happen. NBD. Yeah. So uh, that literally starts this weekend. Um, I'm gonna try and watch uh, some of it as much as I can, and uh, and we'll Support talk your about Houston <laughs> Well, you know, it's like the only the only in-game skins I've bought for Watch League are the Gladiators. So now I feel really gross about that. See, what you need to do now is get you some uh, bright bubblegum pink and neon blue jerseys and support the finger bangers. The fing- hashtag bang. Hashtag bang, bang, bang. <laughs> All right. All right, well, they'll, they'll put a, that'll put, put a nice, uh, happier bow on this week's edition of Kid and Loser. <laughs> well, let's, let's end this shit show. Where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me wherever there's a gold toilet on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> but you can also find me on Twitter at double letter U Harrison. And by the way, I don't know if we made mention of this, but I, I don't... Like maybe we shouldn't call attention to this, but this is what is will officially be our twelfth episode, and this is officially the longest uh, podcast that I have helped host. Which, in fairness, is the only other one was a podcast I hosted with my then girlfriend, now wife, when we both wrote for a small um, gaming website and had a shit show of like eleven episodes that was us recording on a Radio Shack like pin mic. So <laughs> we've moved up in the world. I don't know. Have we made more episodes of uh, this than we made of uh, Three Pasty Nerds? I think we might have gotten there. I, I think it's close. All right. Um, you can find me on Twitter at that Shaggy Matt um, or find me on Origin. Let's play some Apex. Let's make oh, it happen. Oh. Um, uh, you won't play with play. me, though. I will, I, 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 can your computer handle it yet? Have you gotten that far? I'll, I'll check. Okay. Um, <laughs> you can find the podcast as well at Loser Esports. That's going to do it. We'll talk next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.